0: We are now just two more sleeps away from the start of the NHL regular season, and we're still not 100% sure what the Preds roster is going to look like. We'll break that down. Plus, a look at the first couple episodes of Behind the Glass, the NHL Network show featuring the Nashville Predators training camp. We'll get into it today on the Locked on Predators podcast.
1: You're locked on Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Be sure to hit that subscribe if you're watching us this morning. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeChuck.com, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com.
0: We are getting
1: close, Ann. So close.
0: The countdown is on. It's just right there. It's right there. Uh two more days. Well, I guess three if you count today, but I don't know. It's weird how like those how many days until things I know
1: I don't know. I never know. And that and the this and next week. This week or next week. It's all yeah, very or confusing. Like, or like
0: not this weekend, but this coming weekend. It's like, isn't this weekend like this coming this, weekend? Like Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a whole it's thing. all hey, the same. Yeah. Hey, Nashville Predators, they're in Prague. They're playing the San Jose Sharks in a doubleheader uh, this weekend to kick off the NHL's Global Series. These two games, despite being overseas, are regular season games. So big things to talk about. Uh, Of course, the big thing is the Predators have a little bit of a heads up over other NHL teams. They have 27 players uh, instead of the traditional 23-man roster. That will have to be trimmed down after the Preds. Get back from um, Prague, but yeah, the the big intriguing thing, Anne, is you know we kind of went into this preseason thinking that you know the rosters, you know, after the first couple of weeks of camp, after the first like preseason game or so, it, it looks like the rosters probably set. You know, maybe this just like the bottom line is is the one big caveat. Now, you know, over the past couple of games, we've kind of seen the John Hines just throw the the depth chart out and kind of reshuffle things a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a little bit unexpected because with the Global Series in Prague, the Predators have this condensed um, preseason. So they have fewer preseason games, shorter training camp. And so you kind of, you know, I went into this thinking, okay, this is going to be the muddy. Any muddy water is going to be much clearer pretty quickly because they just don't have time. But these players have come in and made John Hines's decisions really difficult. And they've continued to do that. And I think he's continued to use preseason games and the game and burn as a chance to try some different people out to get an extra look at somebody. And all they do is keep performing well. So we're not any closer. I don't feel like we're any closer to a definitive roster necessarily in our minds than we were when camp started. And again, it's not because of the condensed time. It's because these players came in and they were ready to compete, which is, you know, it's a great problem to have.
0: Yeah. And and you look and it's, you kind of get the feeling that maybe these two games, even though they're regular season, uh, maybe more of an extension of the Mm -hmm. preseason a little bit, you kind of figure like maybe, Hey, like they're going to go with one combination in game one and then go with, you know, kind of a completely new set in game two, obviously you're going to get your, you know, UC Saros and you're going to get your Philip Forsbergs and Mikhail Granlund's, and um, Roman Yossi's probably playing both games, but you know, this is probably more of a, of a chance for Heinz uh, to kind of figure out those last couple spots that still need to be plugged. Um, we still don't really know who's going to be the other second line winger next to, uh, Ryan Johansson, and Nino Niederreiter. And we still have absolutely zero idea what John Hines is going to go for the fourth line. We think we know which way he's leaning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. there's that. And then, you know, on on defense, you know, the the top five are set. But who's going to play with um, Dante Fabro? You know, is yeah. it going to be Mark Borvietsky? Is it going to be Jeremy Lazan? So there's, there's still... For for a roster that feels like, you know, a lot of like the big pieces are mostly set, there's still a lot of holes.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of holes considering that the regular season starts in two slash three days, whichever one that is like I mean, I can't think of a time when it felt like there were this many's this many possibilities still in the opening day roster for the Nashville Predators. I don't remember a time where it, it had this many still potential players. And and I don't think that's necessarily just because of the, expand, you know, expanded roster. I think there's just that many players that are competing. So yeah, yeah this is a weird, it's a weird preseason in well, a good go way, the, but it's weird. Let's
0: go to the second line uh, mm-hmm. because we thought, you know, the big combination they were putting together was Phil Tomasino with Ryan Johansson, Nino Niederreiter? Um, we know we talked about this a little bit. You know, that seemed to be the line that was together all through camp. Uh, they were together the first couple of preseason games. And then over the past, you know, like the last week or so, John Hines has shuffled around. He's put Kiefer Sherwood up there, and that line played together and Burn to, um, you know, kind of, you know, pretty good reviews like not bad uh like yep. ryan johansson nina nina rider clearly gonna be the the spark plug at that line whoever the the other person on there is um and phil thomasino was a healthy scratch i know people were reading a lot into that like yeah. oh well you know that says a lot and you know i think it was just an opportunity because to get sherwood some some more time up front as an audition but i don't know and like what what are your thoughts on that whole uh, on that second line, and who we
1: might see there, I really do think that John Hines is going to slot Phil Tomasino in there for the at least the beginning of the season with uh, Johansson and Ryder. I really do, and I think him being a healthy scratch, I feel like I'm more of the camp that this he just needs another spot. To continue to see some people like Kiefer Sherwood, because the fourth line is kind of an open, you know, it's kind of a blank slate and you've got a, more than three guys in different combinations that John Hines is probably seriously looking at. So for me, I think that Phil Tomasino will start on the second line. What I saw of them in training camp, I really liked. You don't necessarily look at the three of them, like Nino and Ryan Johansson. They're a very specific size. They're a very specific shape. They play a very specific kind of physicality. And, you know, I, I do think that uh, Thomasino is a little bit of an anomaly from that, but I think it really worked what I, when I saw it in preseason. And I think as far as, you know, game intelligence and, and pace of game, he can definitely keep up. So I would be surprised if Tomasino's not there.
0: Well, but the thing is, why would they spend the last week putting Kiefer Sherwood with him for two straight games? If that's the line, wouldn't that, if, you know, if Phil Tomasino was going to be the, like the, their line mates, why wouldn't you kind of keep that momentum going? For the rest of the regular season, like you've done with every other line so far in preseason. And that, to me, is the question mark. And because, you know, we mentioned this on the show a little bit last week, Phil Tomasino has kind of, you know, had a very hit or miss preseason. And it kind of seemed like maybe John Hines was auditioning some other people, you know, there, there's still a battle there. And I'm not saying Phil Tomasino has been bad because like you said, that right. line has had a lot of chemistry. It just seems like maybe he there's, there's just a step off between chemistry. So, you know, th- that to me kind of signals that maybe this isn't set, that maybe John Hines is trying to find some different pieces to put there. I, and again, Phil Tomasino may very well start on the second line. Like you said, like that could be the plan all along. It just, I just, to me, it wouldn't be a surprise. Like you said, to go, to go in another direction.
1: Hmm. I just don't see how Phil Tomasino is going to get fourth line minutes. This, this coming season. I just really don't feel like they see that as a long-term role for him. You know, I I just don't see him as a bottom six guy for the Nashville Predators. So that's why I I really feel like they've used that second line as kind of a, a try things out. And honestly, your first line is set. Your third line is set. So the line that you can kind of experiment with a little bit and not affect, you know, absolute chemistry that's been successful for at least one full season is that second line, which is why I think probably you're seeing Sherwood in the second line, not necessarily. And, and look, huge Kiefer Sherwood fan. If Kiefer Sherwood got to play on the second line, big fan. Um, and I think he's done well with it. I That's why I just really think it's this is the easiest slot to try out someone else in. But, yeah. you know, again, who knows? What are you doing? John Hines, love you. What are you doing here, friend? Yeah. Heads up. <laughs> yeah,
0: going to be interesting for sure. Uh, fourth line, because maybe that has an implication on what we're talking about. And I also kind of want to make a point on Tomasino to piggyback mm-hmm. off what you said uh, mm-hmm. in a second. But first, want to take a second to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs this season. Uh, You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. They got everything you need from live betting to -to up-to-the-minute scores for whichever game you got a little bit of money on. They also just put out a bunch of stuff, a bunch of futures and over-unders, for the nhl season so make sure you're going out there and seeing where your team ranks hey maybe if you think your uh, over under is a little bit low hey maybe you want to put an over on the uh, the preds maybe topping 98 points this season um there's other sports involved as well everything from this year's mlb playoffs mma boxing golf pro and college football nba season right around the corner so there's something for everyone so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now bet online where the game starts all right and let's go back to the uh the discussion Mm -hmm. on the lines here for the nashville predators you hit on something that you said you don't think phil tomasino is is a fit for the fourth line which he was last year I mean, he – well, let me rephrase that. He wasn't necessarily a fit for the fourth line last year, but he was on the fourth line, and he right. did very, very well with what he was given. As we mentioned mm-hmm. many times, made Michael McCarron and Matt Luff look like dangerous playmakers <laughs> at yeah. some point with his play. There is a combination where he could fit in, and that is – it seems to be that maybe this is a little bit of a hint on which way John Hines is leaning – He has put Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen together a lot this preseason. And especially Mm -hmm. in the games, those two have looked really well together. So, like, maybe you want Kiefer Sherwood on that second line. Maybe you want Zach Sanford there. Phil Tomasino with Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen. We've seen that before. Mm -hmm. We saw that combination last year. And they put out some very good, exciting hockey.
1: Yeah. When you say that combination, I think, "Mm," because then, and you had mentioned this on a previous show and I've just been chewing on it in my mind. And I think, you know, you're definitely perhaps onto something. I don't know why you're not coaching in the NHL, but I love the um, idea of like a three, a three B line, because if you did put together for a quote unquote, fourth line, um, you put together Thomasino Tolvanen and Cody Glass, you have a very offensively minded um, line together, but you also have, and again, we've talked about this, Ellie Tolvanen, bless him, can't find the back of the net with a treasure map, but by dang, he does <laughs> everything else so well. He plays so well. And so I could see that being a line that instead of your kind of prototypical fourth line, bangers you know they're going to come out and they're going to be an offensively minded line and look when you have Tanner Janot and Yakov Trennan on the ice together you have you know a shutdown line you have a physical line so I can see if you put that trio together I can see somebody else maybe being in on the second line not necessarily because Phil Tomasino isn't ready but because Phil Tomasino with Offensive players like Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvanen, they may be able to create something very different on the fourth line. So I'm not opposed to your suggestion. I'm not opposed to what you're saying. It's about the only scenario in which I would feel comfortable with Phil Tomasino not being on the second line, though. That's about it right Right. there.
0: I mean, it makes sense to have kind of more of a 3A, 3B because of, you Mm -hmm. know, 3A, all of a sudden you have another offensive line. This time with more of a two-way vibe, you know, we, we, we've talked about how Cody Glass and Phil Thomas, or how Ellie Tolvin and, and Cody yes. Glass have kind of worked on their 200-foot games over the past year. We know Ellie Tolbin was one of the best 200-foot players on the Preds last year, at least in terms of a lot of the metrics, as you mentioned, just couldn't exactly. find the net. You know, maybe that's a line that's like, go out there. It's like, you can do what you want, like your bottom, you know, two lines to do, but they also have a little bit more of a scoring punch, you know, Hey, you're facing the Colorado Avalanche. You need to score. Mm -hmm. You throw that line out there, put some more pressure on some of their depth guys, make them step up something that didn't really happen in the postseason last year. Um, And then you look at the herd line. Look, if you want a traditional go out there and just knock everybody's head off kind of line, there's your herd line. So yep. it's not like you have to, like, you know, make your herd line. This is, like, by far the the third line, and they're going to be handling all these responsibilities and blah, 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 blah. No, you can put them out when you need them to, but you're not giving them the same expectations that you had for, you know, Nick Benino, Craig Smith, and Rocco Grimaldi a few years ago just because they're not all that type of players. So yeah. I like that idea. The, the hitch and the giddy-up, to steal mm-hmm. your term, is going to be John Hines. And we talked about this a lot, where he likes his lines to have identities. Mm -hmm. Or not, you know, not just like the combination of players, but it's like identity in the sense that he wants his first and second lines to play a certain way. He wants to use them in X situations. He wants his third line to play a certain way. And he wants to use them in X situations.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: For the fourth line, John Hines, since he's been here, has kind of made that a certain identity, which has been, you know, kind of the grind it out, yes. um, physical big guy kind of line. And he used them in a certain way in certain scenarios. So that's my question is, does that still his vision? Does in a mm-hmm. perfect world, is that still what his fourth line looks like? Or is he going to change course a little bit and say, you know what? Like I have a different group of players this year. I have a little bit more depth. I need to reimagine how I'm using my lines and maybe that opens things up. But if he's going back to what he did last year, all of a sudden you were looking at a completely different list of players who could make this team.
1: Yes. A hundred percent agree with you. And what's interesting you're talking about. He has a very specific identity that he has wanted for that fourth line. You know, the perfect identity for that fourth line is the third line. You yeah. have that line that, you know, you have that line that plays that sh- shutdown, physical, hard hitting, but still with a little offensive punch. I mean, let's, you know, let's not forget that Tanner Janot gets some stuff done offensively. You know, Cole yeah. assistance is terrific at that kind of thing. Yakov Trennan, he's going to have another good year, I think, another solid year. So you already have the absolute near-perfect fourth line that plays that style of hockey that I think John Hines has been searching for to go with the Herd line. So I agree with you. Then do you want two of them? Because you could put two of them together. You've got Michael McCarron. You've got Zach Sanford. I mean, you've got Kiefer Sherwood. I mean, you could in theory. But then what are you giving up? And if you don't have Cody Glass on this roster, you're giving up stuff. You're yeah. giving up goals. You're giving up points.
0: Yeah, that is 100 going to be a failure. I think for John Hines if Cody Glass yeah. isn't on this roster, oh,
1: sometime. there will people will riot.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I will riot because Cody Glass has proven everything he needs to prove to show he belongs in the NHL. Yeah. So if that's a thing, if John Hines does go back to like his traditional kind of you know his, his method where it's like the fourth line and you know, Michael McCarron and Zach Sanford are that line. Mm -hmm. And that's no disrespect to them because Michael McCarron and Zach Sanford have each had really good preseason. So is Cole Smith, another guy who is kind of in that mix for one of the last roster spots. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sanford, I think especially, is somebody that I think is an intriguing option that can play a lot of places. But if you're putting all those guys in there at the expense of somebody like Cody Glass – I think you have to put John Hines under the microscope then as maybe not adjusting to what he has, maybe Mm -hmm. being a little stubborn, but again, that's something that we're going to have to determine. And again, I'm curious to see what they do for the lines in pre or in the, these first two games, as we mentioned, they're regular season games, but they might have more like a preseason five Remember, they have 27 guys instead of 23. So yeah, I would expect, this maybe we don't get firm answers until mm-hmm. next week when they take on the Dallas Stars at home yes. for their, you know, North American season opener back when yes. the rosters are down to 23.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I I think it still feels very up in the air. I think whatever they try in San Jose, whatever lines go out against San Jose in the global series, I don't think those are set in stone. I agree with you. This is just going to be kind of another look at what could be. And I think they're going to get a lot of information from that. And and hopefully it's not going to cost them any regular season points. Uh, But, you know, I want to hit on what you said and just kind of summarize it. You, you know, you as a parent, you parent the kid you get. You don't parent the kid that you want. You parent the kid you get. And I think John Hines has a very different looking roster. And you got to coach the roster you have. And I think that means you've got to be maybe a little bit flexible in how you're designing it. Because this roster right now with these 27 players, there's a, there's a lot of options here. So it's going to be interesting to see what he kind of goes with. Uh, in Prague. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he goes with in Prague. And for the love of God, tell us soon because I can't stand it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Please, please, please give us a decision. On yeah. This.
1: Yeah. Just confirm um, Cody Glass for the love of God. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of Cody Glass, big scene in uh, the, the, the new Behind the Glass. There's not just about Cody Glass, despite the name Glass being in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff to unpack. Um, that is coming up next on the locked on predators podcast but hey reminder about tomorrow's show of course oh, we mentioned yeah. the preds are facing the san jose sharks we are going to be chatting with our friends at locked on sharks anybody who follows locked on podcast knows uh jd is a big personality <laughs> their shows are a lot of fun so we have something fun planned uh, for this crossover, it is going to probably go off the rails. So you're going to oh, want to tune in tomorrow on the Locked on a Predators podcast. And hey, while you're doing that, make sure you're just giving the other Locked on NHL channels a follow. If there's a team you're just curious about, see where they are on the offseason, go listen to their channels. And of always, you can listen to Locked on NHL. That's your daily NHL podcast available free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ann, we had the debut of Behind the Glass, NHL mm-hmm. Network's new show. Kind of like Hard Knocks, but for Nashville Predators Training Camp. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that came out last week. There's another new episode last night. So yeah, that's it's it's something. It's,
1: oh my it's something goodness. To at
0: least keep us uh engaged until uh until regular season starts.
1: Yeah, it's been so good. I think. And like, look, this is just full disclosure. I, in general, am a curious person. And so (laughs) it's really interesting as somebody who follows the team to see the behind the scenes because like these cameras go in the meetings with John Hines and David Poyle and the coaching staff where they're evaluating players. You know, it, it goes to the training room. It, you know, it really shows you what it's like at the Nashville Predators training camp. And so we've learned a lot of, things we also like okay if you have not seen the show first of all go to nhl um nhl network they have a youtube page and it'll be there but it's on nhl network you absolutely need to watch it it really is a fantastic show it's very well done um and they don't go too heavy on the nashville country music kitsch except for the opening this time which like, okay. forgiven um But if you have not been on Hockey Twitter, Predators Hockey Twitter, then there, let me just tell you, there is a clip that you need to look for if you have a cry stuck. Like, if you've got big feelings, but you can't get them out, you don't need therapy. You need, like, 38 seconds of the clip of David Poyle telling Cody Glass he's going. Like, I literally, my throat... Like, my throat burns just talking about it because I just, it was so amazing. Um, But David Poyle tells Cody Glass in last night's episode, hey, you were going to Europe with us. And the Cody Glass story, like, look, I'm a mom. I can hardly stand to watch this. This kid has been through it. Like, he has chased his dream And it has just been uphill for him a lot of the way. And so you can't help but root for him. And then to see his just relief that this hard work that he's put in is paying off. He got to play in Bern. You know, he's with the team in Prague. Dear God, let him make this opening night roster. Um, Like, I, I just think Nashville has become Cody Glassville and, and you know, I appreciate him being willing to be vulnerable about just how hard this has been because I think you know, it's that athlete thing. You don't, you don't want to show vulnerability. You don't want to seem like there might be some sort of perceived weakness or whatever, but Cody Glass has been really open about how difficult this has been and how hard he's had to work. So, oh my gosh, if you want to get a cry on stuck, go watch Cody Glass, find out he's going to Europe because it will, it will destroy you in the best ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's to to that point was, I, I like the line where you know he, he's sitting with uh with david poyle and john hines and we know cody glass was going to europe um beforehand so we knew how it turns out but like the way david Poyle was like you know as we know we we've had a lot of tough roster battles and you know we know <laughs> we're going to europe and we're gonna bring in you with us and, and it's like you can see the relief because you're like cody glass this kind of thing and it's like i'm getting sent to freaking milwaukee aren't i like i'm doing that again and then it's like it's like um do you remember like i don't know if you've ever seen the office or not but there's a scene where where michael hits meredith with his car he (laughs) goes he goes into the office and he's like everybody have some terrible news meredith was hit by a car she was rushed to the hospital the doctors did everything they could and she's going to be okay. And it's like, and everybody's like, why would you say it like that? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's like, yeah. I got that same vibe, but just the relief on Cody Glass's face. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you could see, like, he got a little bit emotional when he was sitting on there, like, talking. And, you know, you could just see, like, The the big thing I took away, too, was John Hines, who looks more and more every day like an assassin in in some Eastern European slasher film. Um, You know, sitting there like, like, you know, normally just sitting there like cross armed, Mm -hmm. not saying a word. And then, you know, but there's this just like grin on his face. Yes. Like this grin on his face, because you can see how much that, you know it was almost at the faces like John Hines knew Cody deserved it. And he yes. was kind of cheering for Cody glass to make it. And again, you know, we mentioned this last segment, like maybe he's, you know, kind of what John Hines wants to do. Like maybe he's proven enough that John Hines shuffles the deck a little bit. It'll be interesting to watch, but yeah, that, that by far was, um, one of the, um, mm. the most fun moments. Um, uh, there's a, there's a couple other moments there's yeah. one that you got tipped off that's still coming up um because i know that you've been previewing it for inside the uh you were giving a heads up that the roman yosi stuff coming up in oh. next week's episode uh when he's back in switzerland is going to take whatever you felt for cody glass and <laughs> bump it up to a 100
1: yeah. And you know what? It's so uh, it's going to be like hard and wonderful to watch um, because you could feel it during the the game in Bern. You could feel how emotional this was uh, for not just Roman Yossi, but for Nito Ryder, whose grandparents got to see him play for the first time as an NHL player, which I'm like, y'all just stop already with this because I can't handle this emotional content but um yeah just seeing Roman Yossi seeing his his parents his you know being back in this arena that he's played in that he worked hard you know he they were saying that he would sell candy bars to get tickets to go to the games in there um he had all the team over to his parents house like there's it's just We always, you you think of this as, this is a business and it is a business and this is a job and it is a job, but you know, moments like that may be few and, you know, few and far between, especially for a player who comes from overseas. So yes, next week's episode is, you know, if you have any residual cry left, I have a sneaky suspicion it will become unstuck with Roman Yossi getting to go back to burn. So yeah, fantastic documentary. Um, They... I loved the interview last night with Mark Borvietsky, who is one of my all-time favorite athletes, all-time favorite athletes. Um, and also we got to see Philip Forsberg groom the mustache. So yeah. people, there Big is, moment. there's Big moment. no more hard-hitting, tell us something we need to know in Nashville thing going on besides behind the glass, because we have seen Philip Forsberg brush the mustache and apply product and we're not all, you know, we're all going to be a little bit different from now on having seen it and no,
0: Are you, are you worried that it's just kind of pulled the curtain back and now some of the mysteries out and yeah, know, it's, it's this is gives other teams the edge.
1: Yeah. It's like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay no attention. He doesn't the wake up and it looks like that.
0: Yeah. But, he like, yeah. he like comes out. He's like the Pringles guy. Where it's just, it's just <laughs> there. It's just That's there. Right. Don't question right. how it got there.
1: Yep. Flawless 24-7. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so uh, Great show. Great show. Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, you can do so on NHL Network's YouTube page. All the episodes are on there. And again, uh, be sure you keep a lookout for the next episode dropping next week because there is some good stuff in there. Uh, in the meantime, another thing you can do on YouTube – is subscribe to the Locked on Predators podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also the bell button. That way you'll be notified whenever we put up new episodes. We're doing these daily now. The NHL regular season is back in business. Uh, So whenever we put something new up, whether that's a game reaction or maybe live breaking news about the regular season, you will be the first to know Uh, and if you're listening to this on your audio platforms remember you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we're on apple soundcloud spotify stitcher just name a podcasting platform and chances are we're on there just search locked on predators and give yourself a plug for where our fine listeners can find your work
1: you can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can always find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also be sure you're following the podcast at LO underscore Predators. That is going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with the Locked on Sharks crossover. Getting you ready for the season. See you guys.